Welcome back to all our listeners, and I'm glad that you enjoyed listening to the first part. And now, let us hear what he have to say to the last question where we left off the last time. Enjoy the second part of our conversation and stay blessed. While you were studying philosophy at that time, did you ever question about God's existence? So, no. So when I was studying philosophy, I understood that philosophy is very clever and trying to explore the means of what life is and what wisdom is, but they're doing it absent of God, right? They're doing it from the perspective of logic, right? And one of the biggest things that I notice when it comes to logic and it comes to philosophy and it comes to God is that God can be very logical and direct, right? And at other times it takes faith. And at least in some worlds, when it comes to philosophy, it's all about logic and it's all about the rejection of faith. Interesting enough, regardless of whether people want to embrace this or not, our whole world is centered around the implementation of scripture, whether people want to acknowledge that or not. The famous Aristotle spoke about, you know, where there's purpose, you can meet purpose at the intersection of your gifts, talents, and abilities. And we know gifts, talents, and abilities are read out of repentance, and we find that in the book of James, right? So, there's also Thomas Jefferson who appreciate the Bible, but what he did was he took all the miracles out of his own Bible when he created the Bible and left all the logical elements and philosophical revolutional revolutionized things that Jesus said, which means he still embodied the things Jesus said. He just took out the miracle aspect of it. But Jesus was very strategic in how he dealt with the Pharisees and Sadducees. And one more thing I'll say in regards to even the understanding of how the Bible came to our ability to read it is I'll never forget, right? I was doing a study and when I was a junior, I believe in college, I studied John Locke and his belief was that in order to read God's word, you needed to have a sense, a, a sort of money, a certain amount of money to do so. And that was counterintuitive to what the gospel is about. doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how much money you have. Everyone should be at leisure to understand what God has said in his word. And more importantly, like in Genesis, we're all created in his image, the Imago Day. So you have to understand that whatever it is that you're at preview to, we all have access to it. There is no favoritism, right? God opposes the proud, but he shows favor. He's, he, God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble and the oppressed. So we have to understand that God's, the blessing, the blessings, right? And it's in the beatitude. He even talks about those who have less are still blessed. And it has a lot to do with our relationship and our knowledge of Christ. But I was going to say, getting back to why I appreciate the Bible in totality is because there are two individuals that I think of. John Witchcliffe and William Tyndale. These were individuals in the 1500s that at their own life, right? And they would consider heretics. But what they did was they trans they transferred the Bible to English. And then you have King Henry the Eighth, and then you have the famous King James. That's how we got our Bible. But no one speaks about all the lives that were that were killed in the process. So just like I have an appreciation for my ancestors in terms of being enslaved in Africa and making it here 
right? So that in the U.S., which is where I now reside, and I appreciate the sacrifice, right? A lot of them threw themselves overboard, but a lot of them were enslaved all the way into America, and that's why I'm on America's American soil right now. It's the same way I appreciate that everything that was done in the name of God so that we can hear his word, read it, and try to live our life as closely associated by the example of Christ by also, you know, being able to observe what was transpired in the past. This is God's story that he's put down and commissioned. So that same appreciation I have for my African family and ancestors is the same appreciation that I have for individuals that were prolonging and extending the gospel message so that I could receive it and accept it and be adopted into the sonship that we now have. And that's because of Abraham, right? And we can get into that and so much that goes there, but yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, no yes. And I want to ask, how do you think people should view the Bible? How do you think they should view the Bible through different lenses? So I, I think one of the things we do in our podcast is that we look at the Bible through different translations, right? So I'll name a few, the Amplified Version, mm -hmm. the English Standard, the NLT, the NIV, the New American Standard Bible, the Message Bible. And the reason why I say that we should embrace some of these translations is because it gives us insight and understanding to certain things that might be a bit more difficult. I know growing up, it was a King James, it was a King James, it was a King James. But I realized that with all these different translations that exist, with the exposure of the different translations that's been given, gives you a better understanding of the context. And I think in order for us to live a life worthy of our calling and to live a life that represents the Christian difference, we have to get a grip and an understanding on what's being said. We don't got to get everything perfect, right? Because of what human beings were flawed. So there's nothing that we ever do that's going to be perfect. However, we have to embrace and acknowledge the fact that when man is at the center of anything, there's going to be some sort of confusion, chaos, right? Which is why we need Christ as our savior, which is why we need some sort of order to prevent chaos. Something that we could point to as the perfect example. That's where Jesus comes in. But finishing the question as to why do I think translations and stuff matter is because it's a little about how you assimilate the message to the masses. And it's also about how you coherently accept the message and how you can apply it to your own personal life. And hey, if the Amplified Version provides a much more detailed layout on how you understand in the text, you should check it out. There are some translations that are limited, but there are certain translations that express a specific message that hits home for you a bit more, right? And there's various examples of that. And I think that's why it's important when it comes to the translations and how we read it in the Bible, it matters. And as long as you understand the basic understanding of the message, I think moving forward with that, that's what Christ wants. He wants us to get his word inside of us so that we can start living that Christian difference and we can be what Paul calls ambassadors and representatives of Christ. And the only way that's going to happen is if we read God's word, get it inside of us and allow it to change the way we operate and the way we handle things outside of us, right? Because we know, right, there are people watching. 
there's this passage in first john i believe it's chapter one that says god is light in him is no darkness at all if we claim to have fellowship with him but yet walk in the darkness we did not live out the truth so there's an understanding that how we carry ourselves matters and how we carry ourselves matters then we have to implement well how can we do that in the book of james it says let's let us not just be sayers of the word but doers of the word so that requires an action that requires a response to this gospel message right so that when we walk into predicaments, situations, environments, God says, let your light shine before others so that they may glorify your father in heaven. That light that we walk into provides that righteousness, that righteousness that's on us because we know in Second Corinthians, it said, he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we may become the righteousness of God. So that righteousness is we are clothed with Christ's righteousness so that when God sees us and he forgives us of our, of our sins, it is no longer the sins that he sees, but he sees the blood of Christ that covers us from sin. So it's very important that we know these basic things about our relationship and about who we are as heir, parents in God's kingdom. The more you know about who you are, the better you represent who you are. But the less you know about who you are, then you're 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 you'll fall into this belief that you're trying to understand who you are and you're looking at other outlets instead of looking at what Christ has made you to be. You have to walk in it, right? Not think about walking in it, but you have to not just embody it, but understand who you are. When you understand who you are, then no one can tell you any different. And you'll love and appreciate yourself even more. And you'll even know that you deserve more than what someone is giving you. And you won't tolerate certain things. And I believe that's what we're supposed to understand about who we are as children of God and that God got God has got our back no matter what. Right. At times we will be disciplined, but God disciplines those who he loves. And at times we will be shielded and protected because God loves us in spite of our flaws. But because we have acknowledged him as our Lord. Right. He said he who believes in his heart and confesses out of his mouth that Jesus is Lord is saved. then that's a public declaration that you are providing and sharing with people. And out of that, then comes your purpose and your understanding of what it is that you want to be in life. And I believe God doesn't let all the, any of those things go to waste, but he uses every inch of it. One of the verse that I think about is Philippians chapter one, verse six. It says he who started a good work in me, right, will complete it before the days of Christ for his appearance. So we have to believe that that Holy Spirit, that God who came, who started a good work in us will complete it. And by completing it, it means that his word will not return void, which means whatever it's gone out to do, it's gonna do. And I have to trust and believe that even in my own transformation, if I'm not hitting everything that I want to, in time, I believe that the Holy Spirit that resides in me will get his way and I will be transformed not just by my mind, but by my actions. And people will recognize that transformation. My family, my friends, people that have known me for a long time. Thank you so much. And yeah. I agree. And as for me, I always I always think of the Bible as a roadmap. There's yeah. so many things that other people don't understand is if you have a question, the Bible have an answer for it. Yeah. And the Bible is not written for good people. It is written for everybody because it's written for sinners you could there's so many stories in the bible that you could relate to and you could learn and as we know jesus did not pick the the wisest or anybody in the politics he picked the one that 
are no extraordinary, but he changed their life and made it extraordinary when they followed him and became their disciple or the people that he changed. But it also matters with our relationship. And for some new believers, my question is, what is your suggestion to them? Where in the Bible should they begin reading? Well, at least when I started my podcast, the first book I suggested was First John because it talks about love. It talks about who God is, that he is love. His essence is love and that his love for us, right? That he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Now, that's actually associated with John 3.16. Right. And that's the gospel of John. So I was I would say start with first John because it's only five chapters. Wrap your mind around that. And then I would then tell you to pursue to the gospel of John, which is a lot more personable. And then you see God in flesh, which is Jesus Christ operating. Right. But I think. Thank you for listening to our second part and stay tuned because last part is coming soon. And I hope that Jonathan's testimony inspire you to accept Christ and have a more intimate relationship with Him. Now let us reflect to everything that we have heard and listen to this beautiful music from our Spotify sponsor. Thank you again and always remember, come to Jesus daily. Until next time.
Jesus.